kolefa mama avengali nei mali pacific isi mo tu pe fa moli sa mo outa kuni ai ofisa mulefa va yaso fa ngani lolna wa unang forward sa o only direct transfer a fai wa yesa membership card ma e fa ngai na internet banking ole matu wa fine of your lava na le ti posi my lava lo seleni ma tu account ona fa atino le la foi na lo seleni mo ai ngai sa mo e ye 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 ngai ta ona fa ma le ina mo ni si fa ma talanga le nei au au na fo bala au le telefoni o val selau o o o ta si no no pole lu fitu ono fitu iva fitu fa pe text my foi lo sua fa ile valu tolu o voucher is one of the most convenient ways that I'm finding now to do my shopping here at Mama Joe and I, my sister just sent through the voucher on my cell phone and I just went straight into Mama Joe to do my shopping. Well, let's see you later, but see you later. Well, let's see you later, but see you later. Well, let's see you later, but see you later. I think it's really convenient for families overseas if they don't know what to, how to help their families here. and welcome to this edition of Pacific Geopolitics. Tonight we will be exploring the issue of human rights, implications of climate change. My guest tonight is the Honorable Kasten Nemra, the Foreign Minister of the Republic of Marshall Islands, and he will be discussing specifically the proposal by Marshall Islands towards the Human Rights Council earlier this year regarding the human rights implications of climate change. Thank you for joining us once again. There are, well, first of all, congratulations on your address to the Human Rights Council. It was um, a succinct, but also addressed a lot of very relevant and pressing issues for the Pacific Islands. So I know there are varied impacts of climate change in the Pacific Islands, but to start with, can you highlight the most severe human rights impacts of climate change on the Marshall Islands? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, and it's my pleasure to take part on this uh, interview. And, uh, and with reference to your good question, well, obviously coming from a low lying atolls, uh, basically a few meters above the sea level, um, it's something we live by and through day and night on the effects of climate change, not only in terms of the sea level rise, but the change that surrounds the coastal and the corals 
and obviously with drought. And uh, these are becoming more frequent than ever. King ties are becoming more acute. Uh, waterlands that often fresh are no longer the case. They become uh, increased level of salinity and brackish. Uh, so all our, our surrounding is we were witnessing, especially the older generation from what it was before. Uh, so in short, you know, the science is not there to, it's not there to tell us what's happening. We see it every day of what's happening. Um, you know, a good example, you know, we have family industry graveyard and there are a number of these graveyards are already eroded. They're simply disappeared. And these are Asian century uh, graveyards that are usually by the coastal and those are gone simply disappeared because the water continued to erode the coastal site. And uh, it's a sad cultural situation, but that's a reality here in the Marshall Islands. Thank you. I mean, it sounds um, like it's cross-cutting in the way that it Im impacts the Marshall Islands. Um, you highlighted that our, in, your present, in your address to the Human Rights Council, you highlighted that Marshall Islands has succeeded to 11 human rights instruments. Uh, Minister, can you elaborate on the significance of this in the context of the impact of climate change in your country? Well, absolutely. Well, obviously there are universal rights, uh, human rights, that is, and uh, we pursue to become a member of the HR Council. Uh, and in fact, well, as open up an office in Geneva. And to be able to be a contributing member, you know, we have studied and tried to comply as much on the universal rights uh, measures that are out there. I'm mindful that they require resources, manpower and whatnot. But simply put, we want to be uh, fully compliant with human rights. So we should be in the position with the credibility to talk about human rights in relation to climate change. Um, it's no point when we're violating various human rights while we're advocating for climate change human rights aspects. The two goes together, in fact, because from our whole uh, livelihood, uh, as far as here with Marshall Islands, you know, our identity relates directly to the land. And when the land is eroded, it, it really brings the question of who you are as a person. And it does affect and violates number of human rights, human rights to your own culture, to your identity, and let alone it begs the question of your nationality and country as a whole. You know, this is a question for the scholars, for the legal minds uh, that we have to grapple with today, not in the years to come. What happened if the Marshall Islands simply disappear? Is it still a country or is it simply a part of the ocean uh, bigger part of the Pacific Ocean. So we're in it, it's a crisis and uh, it's an urgent mode of work that uh, at least from the government in particular, the foreign affairs, it's part of our advocate policy to confront and advocate on uh, climate change. Thank you. So you touch on this issue of sea level rise and the implications on state sovereignty and this is something that's now currently being addressed by the International Law Commission or the ILC. 
um, they have established a committee to look into the impacts of uh, of sea level rise on on islands um, and highlight some of the threats to atoll nations. Is RMI taking part in these discussions and to what specific recourses under international law is your nation taking in respect to loss of territory? Well, you know, from a historical and archaeological standpoint, study shows that we've been here in the islands for the past uh, two millennium. Um, and we have every intent to stay here for the next two millennium. Let's put it down. Um, it's not an option for us to relocate or uh, become so-called climate change refuge. It's something we don't, ex uh, we don't accept. Uh, in fact, it's really degrading and it's a direct violation of our well-being. And, uh, and we're advocating however avenues, whether it be New York or Geneva or other capitals and other international and organization through the, the multilateral uh, approach and uh, to put the argument there that, you know, this is our identity. We're the people who's been residing in these respective islands and uh, we're here to stay. Uh, the issue of climate change is a modern issue and we have to come together and combat it and deal with it accordingly, uh, legally and morally. Uh, but we have no intention whatsoever to relocate ourselves. It may be considered naive from, from others' point of view, but that's truly how we feel and that's what we're very determined to do.
Thank you, Minister. I can only imagine asking my grandmother to move out of the island she grew up in. That would be a struggle. <laughs> so I, I hear you. Um, sorry, I'm going back into our question three. I missed question three, which is, are you specifically called for a special repertoire on climate change um, in your address? I think this is something that uh, I have heard RMI speak to it before um, under the law of the sea as well. To what degree do you feel that this will actually have an impact and assist at all nations such as yours in the pursuit of recognizing the human rights aspects of climate change? Absolutely, yeah. We've been advocating on this uh, particular initiative. Uh, it, it started uh, from our previous administration and uh, with the recent election, obviously we came on board uh, last year, just when the time COVID came on board. Uh, but be as it may, it's a national interest. Uh, one is to uh, bring in um, a repertoire focusing on climate change, uh, in particular to the human elements, uh, to have another voice or another avenue to basically uh, confirm what we have already seen and uh, hopefully be an audience to uh, third party or those that are not here in the islands, uh, because sometimes it's very hard to convince others when you're at the table in other capitals or other organization or other meetings abroad. But having a credible avenue such as special repertoire, focusing on climate change with human elements, uh, we hope it will broaden the awareness and more importantly, the urgency of the, the situation. It touched on many aspects of uh, human rights issue. Uh, and that's why we particularly uh, pushed this initiative. And thankfully we've been uh, uh, successful so far with a number of partners and we hope to have this uh, particular initiative realized in the near future. Thank you. Um, I wish you well on that. I think you certainly raised it uh, with your recent address. So, in the event, you know, you speak of the fact that you won't leave, you know, Marshall Islanders will not leave. Um, and this is something that is familiar to a lot of Atul nations, Tuvalu, Tokelauans, have also spoken to the fact that land is where they derive their cultures from and therefore the identity and sense of belonging and they will not leave. But in the event of complete submersion, or rather the loss of territory, which is then directly tied to the sovereignty of your nation. And I mean, this is obviously not going to happen in our lifetimes, but in the future, say that it does happen. Um, and there have been a lot of studies that have focused on that scenario and Marshall Islands have, has actually been a case study for how that might eventuate. Uh, so what are some of the options that you are considering as a nation to ensure that you retain sovereignty and ensure the survival of your people beyond the loss of territory? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously, you know, the reports indicate the scenarios that are happening in the long term or far distant from now. Uh, but from our eyes, we are acting like it's happening already. In fact, it is. Uh, we have a number of national programs 
including uh, coastal protections, uh, food security, and also revisiting how our infrastructures are really set up, uh, including uh, you know, residents uh, that perhaps they need to be at certain elevation and needs to be at certain distance away from the coastal waters, and also how the roads and uh, the other critical infrastructure have been built. So already we're putting the climatized, so to speak, into our uh, normal government operations and uh, working towards, uh, even working with the church organization. Uh, you know, every so often they have these conventions for youth or whatnot, and then government, you know, requests that the climate change issue also come about. And people discuss these uh, in however avenue that it's available, even at homes, at work, at church. And it's part of the awareness government wants to put it out there and it's trying to do what it can within its own resources while continuing to advocate on the international front. It's an ongoing battle. Uh, that's how we see it. It's a crisis that's happening. And uh, obviously we can only do so much, uh, but with partners, uh, especially the, the more established and uh, in the larger economies, we hope and we, we see that they're also starting to turn around and uh, it also complement what we're doing on the home front. Thank you. Um, and so what would be your key message to the international community in respect to the issue of human, the over the nexus between human rights and climate change? Well, our, our message is, um, you know, right now we consider ourselves uh, frontliner on the battle against climate change. And this is, we're not isolated in whatsoever. Um, COVID-19 was a classic example. It shows that we're all interconnected, however the distance we are, but to see how the virus spread so fast, so quick, it required not a national response, but really international uh, pandemic response. It was a strong case study. And this is really how we're gonna to have to tackle this climate change. Uh, although we may be distant from the bigger continental uh, countries and we're only small island countries in the Pacific, but if it's happening to us at this very moment, gradually it will lead to these uh, uh, other places. So we're, we need to work together as uh, you know, one international community and not just the individual border or Pacific Island countries or individual nations. That's not how climate change works, similar to responding to a COVID-19 pandemic. It requires international collective front. Okay, well, thank you so much. Do you have any additional comments or observations you would like to share on this issue? No, I just want to say um, thank you. You put up a good questions and uh, you know, with your work, uh, your work is important to us. It helps advocate and uh, send the message out. So I want to compliment on your effort and uh, best you. wishes and obviously stay safe. And hopefully uh, we'll continue to keep in touch as time permits. Yes, thank you so much, Minister. I appreciate your time. Likewise, thank you. Take good care. Yeah, bye. Hey, <laughs>
mefa mama avengali nei mali pacific isi mo tu pefa mumoli sa mo outa kuniai ofisa mule fava yasu fangane lolna wa unang forward sa uwa only direct transfer a fai wa yesa membership card ma efa ngai na internet banking ole matu wa fine of your lover na le tiposi my lover lo seleni ma tu account ona fa atino le la foi na lo seleni mo ai ngai sa mo e ye 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 ngai ta ona fa ma le ina mo ni si fa ma talanga le nei au ona fo bala au le telefoni o val selau o o o ta si ono no pole lu fitu ono fitu iva fitu fa pe text my foilo sua fa ile valu tolu o voucher is one of the most convenient ways that I'm finding now to do my shopping here at Farmer Joe and I, my sister just sent through the voucher on my cell phone and I just go straight into Farmer Joe to do my shopping. Well, let's see if you have a procedure in the town. Well, let's see if you have a procedure in the town. I think it's really convenient for families overseas if they don't know what to, how to help their families here, then this is the perfect way. Tá <laughs> 